Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 72. It is Brando. Welcome to the show. Uh, so cool to be to be back talking to all of you. 72 episodes of talking about GNR. Never would have thought I would meet all of you. You know, some of you in person, of course, uh, and some of you really not in person because you're all over the world. Uh, speaking of which, right now I'm, I'm joined because he's connected to this episode, uh, and he's been connected to the show for a little bit. That's uh, Remco Ver from uh, the Netherlands. What's going on, buddy? Hey, hi, Brendo. Doing fine, thank you. Remco is one of the the many people who I've quote unquote met. I guess in 2018, the word meeting somebody is is different because of the internet and FaceTime and podcasts and all that fun stuff. So uh, perhaps over the last few weeks, uh, you've been noticing some live videos of, of Guns N' Roses playing all over Germany. Uh, no, I did not take the red eye to, to Berlin and uh, other countries that I, I don't know how to pronounce and cities I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, Remco, who are our fun title. I don't know. I'm just trying to be like the, the Daily Show. I don't know if you get the Daily Show uh, <laughs> over there, but I have like these made up correspondent names to act real. So our senior European uh, correspondent, uh, Remco, has just been uh, gracious enough to take moments away from his enjoyment of these Guns N' Roses shows to shoot some live video for for us. So I really do appreciate you you doing that. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, it was fun to do and uh, got some uh, nice responses out of it. And um, I actually went to the Berlin show, Gelsenkirchen, uh, Grasspop, and Nijmegen. So wow. that's uh, there was there were four shows for me on this tour and uh, unfortunately it uh, it ended already but uh, hey I got four. That's a lot. I think that's this the, the amount I've, I've I've seen like overall. I think I saw the new gun. No, uh, no, maybe five because I saw the okay. new guns three times and the, the the reunion twice. But I've been able to live vicariously as many of our followers are through the live videos you you've been shooting because I don't know. When they're going to come back to the states? I know Slash's. Uh, I almost said Slash's Snake Pit. <laughs> Slash <laughs> featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators are going to be in New York in October, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that Duff McKagan's Loaded does more than that one charity show in Seattle. But right now, I'm living vicariously through you, Remco, at least for yeah. a little bit, because I know you're going to have to hop off the call soon to tend to your children, and I am without children. I'm not ready for that kind of life yet. But then. Then again, you're kind of living the life still, going to Guns N' Roses shows. So I don't know. You yeah, know. that was a pretty hectic, uh, hectic time. But it's I survived, uh, and uh, my family survived. And I actually um, do have. Uh, I didn't tell you before, but um, a few days ago, I was in Amsterdam um, and met uh, a couple of guys from the band. Uh, had a short. Uh, um, photo moment with uh, Duff, uh, Richard Fordus, uh, got them to sign my uh, some of my stuff. But I also met this um, journalist who uh, walked out of the hotel 
uh, they were in and we were yeah hanging around actually in the area nearby the hotel and we he walked out of it and I went to him and I said oh how uh, uh, how's all because well I knew he was a journalist and he um, uh, he said that he had an interview with Slash uh, about his upcoming solo album okay. which is cool um, and the the interview is supposed to uh, be in a magazine in September but he also told me that um, uh, in that September interview, uh, Slash uh, will be talking about uh, G- uh, Guns N' Roses as well. He was the, the interviewer was told not to ask any questions about the GNR, um, but Slash started it. And uh, apparently, and that's what the journalist told me, um, we can uh, still have a lot of fun uh, with the band because it's definitely, definitely not over yet. They will continue after the. Uh, Slash's uh, solo uh, tour. That's the way it seems to be. I, that, I know that's what had, uh, Fernando had said when he joined, uh, when he started to chat on mygnrforum.com uh, saying that GNR is going to continue, which is just amazing. So I guess this is a nice little uh, segue because that's a piece of news. So you know the deal. Yeah. News. Yeah, shotgun news, man. Uh, so that is a piece of news, and and you really have taken that. I mean, you're doing it because you you love to do it, but you've really helped me out and fans out because you find these things, you find out these pieces of uh, of news and facts that not all of us know, and so you yeah. kind of have kind of become a, a correspondent uh, in in some ways, and that's why I, I wanted to have you on for the shotgun news uh, portion of this episode because in just a few minutes. Um, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Mina Caputo from Life of Agony, uh, a New York-based uh, hardcore rock band that's been around since the, the late 80s. I remember playing their music when I hosted a radio show back in college. Uh, Mina was Keith back then. Uh, we'll see how far we get into that part of the conversation because uh, Mina uh, came out as transgender uh, several years ago. and. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I mean, she's going to be a great interview regardless, but like, why on a Guns N' Roses podcast? Where's the hook? Well, the hook came from Ramco in a way. Yeah. So tell us what you told me and what gave me the idea to reach out to Mina. Well, uh, actually, I was, um, uh, it happened during the release party of the uh, Appetite for Destruction uh, remastered box set um, in Amsterdam. A couple of weeks ago and I was uh, I was invited I was there and um, uh, I talked to some of the guys of the Universal Music the uh, Holland uh, the record company and um, we talked uh, a bit about yeah the, how the box was uh, uh, how, uh, how did it uh, how it did, the um, how it came together how it came together a bit but also um, how it is um, uh, oh yeah, the, the 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 tape. They didn't know that by then. Um, the demo tape, the secret demo tape. They didn't know and didn't say anything about it. But they uh, told me that the the golden opportunity or golden uh, ticket uh, idea didn't make the final cut. So they told me that it, it didn't happen. There wasn't a, a, a golden ticket in it. Later did I know, and I found out that Fernando in Amsterdam a couple of days ago told me that there is. A golden ticket in it hmm. um so only a few people know about that but the the uh, getting back to the release party when i was talking to the guy 
uh, from the record company, he told me that we were talking about Velvet Revolver, and he told me out, out of the blue um, that uh, um, Keith Caputo, that was his name, uh, her name uh, back then, mm-hmm. was once uh, auditioning for Velvet Revolver. And I was like, no way, because I knew uh, I knew him back then, and um, we talked a bit uh, sometimes in Amsterdam. Uh, um, I like the band, uh, uh, so th- all in all, it was a big surprise for me. And then I, I wanted to know more about it. And yeah, the guy from the record co- company said, "Yeah, I've uh, got some demo tapes, and uh, I was sent, and uh, but I cannot give it to you." And I was like, "Wow, this is news because I never heard uh, the name Caputo as one of the people." auditioning for the band i don't so think anybody was, uh, did when i when you told me that and i announced that i'll be interviewing her and i have to thank uh i mean not just you for sparking the idea in my head but Catherine turman who is a friend of the show who is we interviewed her because uh, she's a producer for uh, nights with alice cooper and she also um helped me interview uh ernie c so uh, fans of the show should know who she is but she's friends with mina so she connected me uh with her and because it was the first time I heard of it, and I first thing was first because you you never know, like you just said, how the record company had no idea that there's a secret compartment in that you know thousand dollar box set. You have to guess. I get the the primo box set to get the secret compartment. Yeah. Um, uh, that that appetite for destruction uh, cassette tape. So hopefully you still have your your ghetto blaster or your boombox or your Walkman or something to play it. Assuming you no. want to open it. I don't know if you're one of those guys, Remco, that likes to keep things sealed. Um, I, I, uh, normally I ain't, but um, in this case, I haven't opened it yet because uh, I haven't found a boombox yet to, uh, <laughs> okay. to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Things are making yeah. a comeback. Vinyl, now maybe now cassette. Oh, yeah. They, actually, today they, uh, um, they gave away, the band gave away... Uh, Red promo cassette tapes of uh, Appetite for Destruction uh, in Leipzig. Yes, so, I, uh, I saw that on their Twitter and their Facebook. So today, as we try to do this in real time, it's uh, Sunday, oh, yeah. uh, July 8th. And yeah, so like uh, what I was referring to is how uh, that record company told you uh, things that were factual that I found out. I asked Mina in an email if if this is true, I would love to interview you. And she said yes. And she also, also in, in a audition for The Doors. Uh, not the wow. Jim Morrison version, of course, because that's a long time ago. But when they toured with uh, Ian Astbury, I actually got to see that show, which was awesome, actually. It was kind of creepy how uh, Ian Astbury from the cult looked and sounded like Jim Morrison. I think they were called the, the doors of the 21st century at the time. Uh, so she's like, yep. And I also – that's that was the segue. She's like, yes. And I also uh, auditioned for the doors. So I, that's she confirmed it. So when I – uh, reached out to Catherine and she put this together and I was able to announce it was happening. It seemed like nobody knew that, that this no. ha- had happened. So it's going to be interesting how that came about and perhaps if she knows why they didn't, they didn't pick her. Because uh, for a long time before the, the GNR reunion, Duff and Slash kept saying, you know, yeah, we want Velvet Revolver. It's not over. We want to find the right person. And it never happened. And then, of course, Guns came along and the rest is history. So... I don't know, maybe get her thoughts on who knows what the future might hold, because it really seems like Guns N' Roses isn't just the, like, the only thing, even for Axel, with Axel DC 
uh, yeah. hopefully happening. So uh, we'll see. We'll ask Mina all about that. So, But at least I just wanted to thank you for sparking the idea. And, of course, because uh, I always give credit where credit is due and, uh, and Catherine for uh, for setting up. And I guess this is a good segue into, before we get to, to Mina, about giving credit where credit is due. Um I want to thank uh, – if you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, giving credit to Alternative Nation for, uh, again, of course, putting an, an article out about our episodes, about the, the one we did about uh, copyright. You know, I call it copyright democracy. So I have to thank um, our last guest, Ms. Metal and, and Franz from Franz and Roses who uh, no longer have Guns N' Roses fan YouTube sites like many, many other fans out there. Um, that episode did extremely well. Uh, numbers wise, I was really surprised uh, that it really hit an emotional nerve with a lot of fans that mm. or came out very supportive of this. And yeah. uh, and of course, we we used um, aliases to discuss. I mean, you have to go back and listen. So I, I don't want to recreate the conversation too much. But of course, the people that we we know are involved to a certain degree with these unwarranted strikes on the YouTube channel. Of course, they came out and denied it, and it's all lies. Of course. What else are they going to fucking say? <laughs> so it, yeah. it's just, uh, it, it sucks, but if anything, it, this is really has brought together the, the Guns N' Roses online community, and if you really want to read a, a good thread about it, whether you listen to the episode or not, or if you read the Alt Nation article, uh, there's a really good thread about it on uh, mygnrforum.com. Uh, so uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know, Remco, uh, you are, I mean, you don't have a YouTube channel, but you're really big on on Instagram and your Facebook. Uh, Remco, um, yeah. you know, GN, uh, GNR, and, you know, in addition to just giving uh, live videos for me on my channel, you do it for yours and you're awesome collection i mean imagine if that happened to you i mean your, your pictures could get flagged um, yeah that's true yeah it's, it, that, that would suck and i know um france um and i've told uh, i've talked about, about his uh, situation a bit because actually right before the tour um i got in contact a bit and i sent it uh, some of my videos uh, of nijmegen last year um, so he could make some nice videos out of it. And then all of a sudden, everything, everything he made uh, disappeared. And I wouldn't, no, I can't imagine uh, <laughs> what that, uh, yeah, how, how that would be, be feeling because it, it doesn't feel um, good. It sucks. I, I mean, you know, Franz is really, he's really investigated on his own. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you really heard the emotionality from Ms. Metal before. It was my really first conversation with her, you know, to have a channel to put your heart and soul in for 10 years. And, again, these aren't things that are stolen. These aren't things that really conflict with the new box set. I mean, who knows? Like, we're really – this isn't the last that you've heard of this. We want uh, some sort of – resolution to it so mm. if you haven't listened yet uh highly advise you listen to uh to epi episode uh, 71 of the of the afd show and i really appreciate everybody who reached out whether just commenting uh publicly or privately sending me messages uh thanking for calling attention to it but i'm not going to take credit for for calling attention to it it's not about me even though i was affected a little bit too with what my rod jackson episode which uh one of the people who are responsible for the strikes whether they want to fully admit it or not uh 
he has still yet to do his end of the bargain and retract those strikes. So I'm going to continue to bring attention to it because it's just fucked up. We're all just we're all have our own projects, you know. Whether you and your collection and Instagram, whether it's Franz and Ms. Metal with their YouTube channels, me and this podcast, we're all just doing a passion project. Uh, it, more than just a hobby, I think, you know, it, for a, a band that we love. You know, we're not yeah. getting paid. I mean, sure, that would be awesome. Y- you never know. I mean, that's uh, I like always like to kind of look up to uh, another friend of the show, uh, Mitch Lafon. I mean, he it was a passion project for him, you know, growing up in the outskirts of Canada, or I don't know, outskirts, Montreal, whatever, <laughs> uh, and just making a name for himself and Chris Jericho noticing him and then getting on Westwood One, and now he's, you know, his articles get picked up all the time. So you you just never know. So that's why, like, for me, you never know what the path could be. And it's exciting. And to have potentially, because it's not like I have, I mean, there are screenshots, so I say there are some hard evidence of some things. Uh, People just fuck with that just because they're assholes. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. No. You're, you're, it's just not cool. So, again, if you haven't listened to episode 71, uh, please do so. All right. Well, I think it's uh, it's time for, for Mina. So you're going to hang out for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Hello? Hi, is Brandon now? Hi, this is Brando. This is, uh, it's Mina? Yeah. How you doing? I'm great. <laughs> awesome. It's Brando. It's Brando. You know, it, it's funny. You know, it's all about... I guess name changes in rock. I, mean, I started out, you know, this is a nice little segue into talking to you, Mina. Uh, I mean, my name is Brandon. I always kind of introduce myself. Um, I don't, I'm not Axel. I'm not Cher. I'm not Bono. So I don't go around going like by the one name nickname. But when I started in radio back in college, and I know you're you're a local New Yorker, so you're from you know Hofstra University. Yes, I mean I don't. I know of it. I don't, you know. You, you know, I'm not asking if you took classes there. I just want to like if you just know that. So <laughs> yeah, I, dro- I, I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Drop out. Yeah. But I, I hosted. Uh, that's where I got my start in in, in radio. I hosted a, a heavy metal hardcore show. Uh, it was called the Aggressive Edge. Uh, Thursday nights, uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I, I was like, oh, my first time in the radio. I have to come up with some sort of creative name everyone i grew up with listening to the radio has like a cool name and brandon weisler you know jewish kid from long island doesn't sound cool so uh to shorten the story a little bit uh some kid came up to me in high school i had never been called brando before i'm not a nickname kind of guy and he just goes uh brando that rhymes with commando i didn't like nowhere so in my head i had that in my head all like you know since high school and just thinking of a name for a heavy metal hardcore show, I'm like, you know what? Let me be Brando the Commando. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that sounds metal. Uh, so I was Brando the Commando throughout college. Obviously, I've dropped the Commando since because I think that's a that's maybe a little too, uh, you know, infantile at this point, being 34, 35. Uh, but the music I would play in my early uh, radio days would be Life of Agony because you wouldn't hear. Metal on the radio. I mean, you would hear the the mainstream Metallica. That's about it. Maybe you would hear Walk from Pantera every once in a while, but you would yeah. Ne- there's, there's even there's even that new um, I don't know the name of the station, but it's this new station that's playing all '90s hard rock metal and ba 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 ba. I haven't heard Life of Agony on it once yet. No, uh, you're, it's on Long Island. Yeah, I don't want to mention it just because I don't like the people who run it. 
<laughs> I, I haven't met a lot of uh, jerks in my radio career, but the uh, the morning show guy there is a piece of shit. He actually threatened uh, to fight me once. I'm I'm five six and handicapped. You, you, somebody wants to fight me? Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, they'll they have like sometimes like with your like life of agony, like what a lot of rock stations do, they'll put like a metal show Sunday night midnight, just to say that they have it, that they have metal on. So you really want right. to hear it. So a lot of the college stations do that. So we would play, you know, Life of Agony, Deicide, <laughs> Typo Negative, you know, bands that really, you really wouldn't hear. So uh, to bring things full circle, this is just really cool. I never expected that I would be able to, uh, you know, speak with you, Mina, all these years later on a, on a Guns N' Roses podcast. Life is very funny. Life is beautiful. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck everyone is complaining about and everyone is so negatively conditioned mm. it's just kind of sickening I, I i already deleted my facebook i'm on my way to deleting everything because i just i always knew culture was dumb mm-hmm. but social media is really has really revealed the immensity of um how conditioned and how robotic everybody truly, really is. Everyone's just, you know, facing this what is reality rather than creating it. Well, people don't know that we're just vibrationally and soulfully here, like where these energetic, you know, where these energy frequencies, you know, that just can create anything that we really truly desire in our lives and. Um, if you really believe and just, you know, it's sad that 80% of the world or 70, 70%, I don't know what percentage it is, but, um, I just, you know, negatively conditioned, you know, regurgitating one another's, you know, complaining and I don't know if because it's cool and, and you get accolades and, you know. I'm, not, I'm laughing because the world's finally realizing, like, you know, uh, that we really don't need presidents or uh, this political paradigm or not to jump into politics, like, right off the jump. But, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, how magical and how magical this life truly can be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you... If you um, if you're living in that, if you let it, in. I think if yeah. you if you let in, you have that mindset. Yeah, if you're just like simmering in the majestic rather than you know what is, because you know how many people are on the planet? Seven billion. There's seven billion different realities. Not one person is living the same reality. You're you right. may think you are, but um, we're truly not. No, and you're yeah, not. Fucking like I, I just what the fuck is everyone complaining? I'm just like walking in. I'm walking in a dream, you know. I'm still, I'm still. Uh, I'm like I still can't put my finger around the fact that we're, you know, whether we're on a, a flat Earth, a, a globe-shaped Earth, or what, whatever your theory may be, I'm just like overjoyed at the fact that holy shit, like I'm I'm alive, like mm. I have life. We, what you know? Just I'm baffled by people's stupidity. Said no. I think this is a a, a great uh, place to start because I think you're 
your mindset really relates to what we discuss on this podcast. I mean, yeah, it's a Guns N' Roses podcast, but I like to make it more. I mean, this is my 72nd uh, episode, and I said at the beginning when my uh, friend at the time, my co-host at the time when we first started, and he presented the idea of doing a GNR podcast. I'm like, I don't want to—I could do that for an episode. What am I going to talk about Guns N' Roses for— 60 minutes for for god knows how long so it's kind of a hook and we relate it to uh life we relate it to just all aspects that you were you were just touching on right now and just the what we relate to on this podcast no matter where you are like you said everyone's perspective is different but at least if you're going to come hang out here we we at least agree that we like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there's the tie-in no matter I love Slash I love Slash and Velvet Revolver um, yeah, man, I, I, I loved Axel too. Axel is definitely like, um, like before the river runs red days, Axel was definitely, you know, one of the first vinyls I ever bought was, um, appetite and use your illusions one and two. Um, and I always loved, I loved Axel's energy. Of course I loved him in those white. Bicycle spandex. Could <laughs> <laughs> always see his bulge, kind of like that, like secretively, because I, you know, I, I did it back then. I, I was, you know, too fearful and and too young to even understand, um, what gender or sexuality was or the difference. And mm-hmm. but I knew what I. But you know, as a kid, you know what you you love and you know what you're attracted to. So yeah, I loved Axel. Loved the red hair. He always reminded me of my mom because my mom was a true redhead. Mm. So do you wonder if Axel's uh, drapes matches match the carpet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just going along with you know the uh, making it weird and awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I make? Did I feel? Did I make a? No, no, I live in awkwardness. I, I say, if you go back and listen, I always start out every interview. I'm an awkward Long Island Jew. That's just how I am. I embrace the awkward. So how is, you know, this all ties in together where, you know, it took you a little while to find out who you are to be comfortable with who you are. It's the same thing with me. You know, to be comfortable with my, uh, and I briefly mentioned it before with my disability, you know, just to kind of briefly mention it uh, to you because I've spoken about it on the podcast. Um, I have a neurological condition, so I wear uh, leg braces. Um, I, I use a cane. So it took a while. I mean, because to, to be in high school and a young kid and you're different and I just didn't feel comfortable with myself and, you know, asking out a girl. They could never lo- love me. They could never like me. I'm a freak. I'm all this. So over the time and with the awkwardness because I'm like, oh, I'm so awkward. But no, I, now that I've embraced everything, my life has completely changed. It's completely changed. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I had this mindset, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But it is now. You know, you know it's never too late uh, to to embrace who you are. So that's how I – my version of – Yeah, you needed to – you needed to also emotionally and psychologically figure out what what works best for you and how you love yourself. You know, it's all about – it always comes back to self-care and self-love. Yeah. And um, it's really important. And if you don't love yourself, you don't care about yourself. If you don't care about how you feel, if you don't care about feeling good, you're not going to have such a, um, 
a joyride in life, regardless of um, your human condition. Oh, absolutely! Oh. No, that, that see, that's what all ties in together. See, this is the this is what the podcast is about. It just GNR happens to be the nucleus of it. And I had mentioned before uh, we got you on the phone because hanging out also on the phone all the way from the Netherlands is um, he's become a friend of of the show. That's what this podcast has done. Has made me feel the love just starting it out of nowhere. Uh, Remco from the Netherlands is the one that found out that you had auditioned for Velvet because it seems like nobody knew this. So Remco, hey there. Yeah. So, hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Mina. <laughs> hi. Oh, it's a, it's a, are you, you're Dutch? I can tell. Yeah, I'm Dutch. Can, yeah, yeah, I am. I can hear your, uh, your, your Dutch English accent. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you, uh, you would recognize it. Yeah. Cause, uh, I know you a bit from back in the Amsterdam days. We met a couple of times back then. Did we microdose together? Uh, no, we hang, hung out in uh, the record store, Fame. Ah, yeah, I used to. Vi- I loved Fame. I visited it all the time. Yeah. Um, gaat het? <laughs> yeah, het gaat goed. Dank je wel. Bless you. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. I. I oh, cool. I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling great. Yeah, I just I, I just moved from I just had a couple of rough months moving, but I'm in a beautiful place, still in Brooklyn, got a new apartment, nice. new vibes. Just it's just been amazing. Where in Brooklyn are you? I'm in Bay Ridge. Okay. All right. But I, I've been I've been here for the past five years or something. Um life somehow always takes me back to Brooklyn. You know, I lived in Sweden, like, um, I, obviously, I lived in, in Amsterdam. I've lived in Kihuchavad. I lived in uh-huh. I lived in Demon. I've lived in um, uh, Alkmaar. I squatted in a bank, believe it or not, <laughs> in Alkmaar. Um, <laughs> and I used to, I, I, was, I was paying, I think, 40 guilders a month or 50 guilders. This is when the guilder was going down. And I and I I was uh, spending only fifty guilders. I had this huge, like four thousand square foot, empty, just artist loft. Man, it was just incredible. And right around the corner, always right around the corner, is a red light district, of course, to <laughs> um, you know <laughs> satisfy my 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 insatiable chaotic sexual appetite um but yeah always the red light was definitely played a big role and but that's cool man i i miss you know i miss the netherlands i miss you know going back and forth from from amsterdam um to new york and having that uh that uh kind of you know very uh loose an artistic. Um, I was definitely a big roamer, you know. I, was, I still am at heart, but I have a dog now, so she's she's <laughs> like my baby. So she's domesticated me a bit more and stuff. Oh, what kind of dog you got? But man, um, a Chihuahua. <laughs> okay, nice. I like it. Yeah, she's about nine pounds. She's gonna be six, July seventeenth. So yeah, I've been enjoying um, motherhood. 
<laughs> and, and domestication and, and but um, yeah awesome happy to have a Dutch guy on the phone yeah. so are you in, in New York or, or are you in the Netherlands at the moment no I'm in, in the Netherlands actually the, the oh, Hague cool. but yeah yeah then, then hey uh, okay yeah Awesome. Yeah, he's uh he's skyping. That's what it's something else that brings people together and just like the same thing, like just to enjoy life. I've, you know, not just Remco from the Netherlands. I've in, uh, had, you know, because I like to be creative with this podcast, so I'll have certain people co-host with me. Uh, people from Croatia, people from Ireland, people from the UK, all over, just to bring us all together again with that nucleus of just like, hey, no matter what our sexual orientation is or what religion we are, what color we are, we all kind of just meet here and. You know, we. But you gotta fucking love Guns N' Roses, of course. Yeah, too. And then we, that's where the fun <laughs> parts go. Okay, like, what? Yeah. Do you like Chinese democracy? Do you like Buckethead or Slash? So it's like all of that. But this is just a, a fun place for all, all of us to meet in Corral, and it's just been an in- interesting uh, uh, ride. And then again, that just brings us uh, to to you, Mina. And I wanted to have Remco on, and at least because he has to jump off for a, uh, in a little bit to hang okay. out with his uh, his little kiddos. But he's the one that he was at a the I don't know if you're aware, but Guns N' Roses had just released a a thousand dollar box set. And, wow! No, I'm not aware of that. Okay, yeah. So they just you know like how Kiss always releases all everything commercial and all. Yeah. You know, Gene Simmons has the Vault now. So GNR, uh, it was a, maybe what what was it, Remco? Maybe like a month or so ago, they you know announced something was coming and but it was like this big box set uh, appetite for destruction re-released with some unreleased uh material and there are increments other than a thousand bucks but uh remco was he's he's pretty involved in the fan community uh, community going to concerts meeting uh certain people so he had met uh what was it uh, a rep from universal right that you just said before yeah from, from Holland. yeah so just as they were talking I guess Velvet Revolver just came up, and your name came up. And that was the first time I feel like anybody had heard that. I don't know if this is something that you've spoken about publicly. Well, this this was I, – I really didn't because, I mean, what's really to talk about? The fact that I didn't get the gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but, that's part of it. We could talk about, like, how did it happen? You know, I'm a very, very down-to-earth person. I don't – I don't measure people's success by like what you do. That's like our whole culture, our whole world is based on that. And social media is even enforcing that kind of shit. But it's a a false premise. It's not about what you do and all that stuff. And I've done a lot of great things in my musical career, if you want to call it a career. Yeah. Like, um, I, I've done incredible, incredible things, and I've worked with incredible, fantastic, the the most respected musicians in the recording industry. And I don't really, I, I don't know, I don't really name drop about it. I don't really talk about, so that's why I guess a lot of people didn't know about it. But I did talk about it with other vocalists that, um, did go through the same treatment as I did, like Zoli from Ignite. He's a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know Zoli. I'm sure you know him, Remco. Um, and he's uh, also another singer that, um, you know, he's friends with all them, with Slash and all them cats. And 
he, I think him and, and Rick Canny, I don't know if Rick Canny's still managing. Um, I mean, Rick was managing Velvet Revolver at the time, and Rick Canny also was managing Robert Plant and another bunch of, uh, you know, hard hitters in the, in the rock and roll industry. And um, what had happened was I was doing a solo tour. I think it was in, maybe it was in 2006, maybe earlier. I'm not even sure. It was straight after Scott had announced that it was his last gig or whatever he did or however that shit went down. I don't really pay attention to other people like that. But um, uh, what happened was the manager had gotten in touch with me and um, asked if I would be interested in, in doing some kind of like recording tryout. So what they did was and I was like, of course, you know, I love Slash. I love Matt Sorum. I know Duff, you know, I don't know him like where best buddies holding hands in the street, but he knows of me. He, you know, a lot of these guys know my vocal because I've worked with great people out in L.A. from, you know, Martin Lenoble. Now I'll name drop for you just to give you a little history, but I've worked with Martin Lenoble, who started Porno for Pyros, um, with Perry, he was the bass player. Who was the blonde guy? He plays bass for David Gahan. Um, he played bass for and pretty much wrote a lot of material off of Scott Weiland's Twelve Bar Blues. Um, and um, so, and then you know he he brought Flea to play trumpet on one of my songs. I released a solo record of Fondness for Hometown Scars in two thousand and seven. And I had recorded like a saxophone in the demo of that album. And, you know, Martin had dragged in like Flea instead of saxophone. Let's get Flea to play some mute trumpet. So I've worked with like a lot, a lot of great, you know, people that worked with Mark Lanigan, you know, I, I worked with and, and, you know, it's. So I have like kind of like this awesome, um, eclectic, notorious, you know, I've worked with Bowie's band. I'm great friends with Jerry Leonard, who literally was David Bowie's band director slash lead guitar player. Um, so I'm kind of notorious in the recording um, world. Um, and people know um, that I'm making great records and it's an honor and a blessing to be loved in that way because, you know, not a lot of people are making artistic records and vintage rock and roll records the way I'm making them still to this day. Right. Um, however presumptuous that sounds, it's not. I'm just very confident in my ability and my work and who I've become and who I'm becoming as an artist, as a musician, as a piano player, whatever, guitar player. And a vocalist, but again, so like in the whole bloodstream or bloodline of, you know, who's talking, that's I, Rick Canny found out about me too, I guess, from those guys. And then that's how I was, I, I, I had a shot at, um, they sent me two songs that I guess that were just stock material um, that they sent to all these other singers as well. Um, because then me and Zoli, we compared our work. Like mm -hmm. we would, I was listening to what Zoli did for Velvet Revolver and and um, what I was doing, and la la la. And we were having fun, 
Mm. But anyway, that's how that whole thing went down. So, so it was nothing that like ended up on the album. It was just some let's just see what he can do with this stock music. Well, what they were doing was they were, I guess, they were just trying out other singers because they they had they pretty much wanted to continue Velvet Revolver without Scott, right? Um, and that's when I got a call, and I basically recorded two songs. Um, and but I was in Spain at the time. So um, I wasn't sure if they would have flew me out to L.A. to to work with them in the room. But I was I was on a on on like a 60 night tour and I was well into the tour and I was in Spain when they sent me the music. And then I wrote the song in Spain, I think, in a hotel room. And then um, once I once it became a bit more realized, I, I set up my recording gear and I recorded the song backstage and then sent it to them. And um, and I think before I even got an answer, they, they, they've they decided that they weren't going to continue with Velvet Revolver because Scott might come back. They don't know, blah, blah, blah. You know how Scott was. He was very... Um, flimsy is the wrong word, but... Are very unpredictable, sure. as we all know. How Scott was very unpredictable, which that was part of his greatness, mm. his unpredictability. That was that was the Morrison and Scott, mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. Yeah. So um, that that was the Velvet Revolver story, and um, again in 2007 when I was living in LA, and actually Martine, he was producing a, a fondness for hometown scars. I had, uh, that's when Ian Atsbury from the cult had left the doors. Right. So okay. Once, once Ian left, my agent slash manager at the time, um, how it was like, you know, and I was living as a guy, he was like, Keith, uh, you know, fucking Ian Atsbury left the doors. I think, uh, the guys want to hear you, you know, um, because the agent that was booking Life of Agony back then and was booking solo shows of mine, whatever, he was actually booking the 21st Century Doors. And that's that was how I got into that doorway where um, Ray wanted to meet me. And um, I basically sang about five or six songs um, in in the SIR studio with the Doors. That one was you know, flesh on flesh. That was like, literally I got to fuck and I didn't get the gig, which I, I don't really give a fuck about, to be honest. It wasn't about getting the gig or not getting the gig to me. It was about meeting my rock and roll heroes and actually singing with them. Um, uh, and it was a very political and I, and I wound up, yeah, I wound up singing like five or six songs. I think three of the songs I put up on my SoundCloud. Okay. So you, you can go, uh, you can go on my SoundCloud to, or I can send you the. Well, no, because I'm in the middle of boxes too. So. I, I, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you that because I would love to hear. I mean, not just the door stuff because the doors of the 21st century they are no more. I mean, of course, uh, people have passed right. away since then. Uh, but do you think there'll well, be? Robert, Robert Krieg is still kicking booty out there. You know? Yes. He's always doing solo gigs too. I know. But yeah, you can go on my SoundCloud right now, and um, and I think I put up "Break On Through" and five to one, 
I wasn't allowed to share them all, so I didn't. Um, with the Velvet Revolver stuff, I'd have to figure out which hard drive that stuff is on. It's only two songs, um, but that would only be for personal uh, listening. Right? You can't, you know, you can't. Uh, uh, I didn't even publicly put that stuff out there. Um, okay. You know, I respect that. I guess be curious because obviously fans, you know, would anything unreleased, you know. Yeah, everything's unreleased, really. But the whole Dawes thing was great because, and I knew they loved my baritone. I I, I, sh- I should have gotten a gig, but it was a political thing. How, um, what was the guy from Fuel or whatever his name Brett was? Brett Scallions? I don't know. Yeah, Brett. Um, he was also playing in Circus Diablo, I think, back then, or whatever that band was called. My facts are so fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm not going to fact check you. I know, I know some people like to fact check on Guns N' Roses podcast, but those people need friends. But no, I'm not going <laughs> to fact check you. No, so like um, that was just, that was a whole political thing because the manager who managed the doors managed Fuel and obviously the dude got the gig. Uh, and I know everyone... Ray loved my fucking voice, man, because right after the first track, I think it was fucking five to one or break on through or something. Ray fucking, he was, he was all sauced up to a drinking Heineken. And it was just a really old school, you know, 60s, 70s kind of vibe, which I love, which is my favorite kind of, you know, classic rock and roll is like my, mm-hmm. my favorite genre besides classical and jazz and shit like that. But, um, I knew he loved my baritone, and I knew instinctively I should have got that gig, but politically it didn't happen, and I didn't care because, not that I wish any ill on anyone, but, like, I know I'm always being protected um, universally, and, like, you know, honestly, they they had all these dates booked, and because when Ian left the band, they actually canceled all their tours, and that was the last time they actually went out because I think right. ticket sales weren't so hot the way they were with Ian in the band. And and that's when Ray, I think, started to get sick. Mm. They, they basically canceled that whole thing. So, yeah. and you know, yeah. I'll, I have to sing with the fucking doors, man. Like, <sighs> who gets to sing with the fucking doors? Like, I grew <laughs> up with fucking Jim. I got all of his poetry books. I, I got every fucking record. I know every fucking song. Like, you know, my father was my, my living Jim Morrison, you know, like because my dad lived a very chaotic life with, okay. with heroin and, and getting locked up all the time and stealing shit. And, you know, and, um, I was his little, um, <laughs> at the time I was his minion, with certain things, you know, like, but, um, what he would like send you on errands or and stuff. Like, what do you mean? Like his little minion or like his little, like mini me. Well, like I would kind of like, while he was going to rob a store, I didn't know he was robbing the store, but I was in the driver's seat and, you know, I'd, I'd be told later that he robbed this and robbed that. And I was pretty much, his getaway driver and I had no idea that I was his getaway driver and shit like that would happen all the time, you know? Um, and yeah, but 
You know, I, I loved my dad and I didn't blame him for the heroin disease. You know, it's, it's a really, really, really fucked up dis- disease. You know, mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical companies know what they're doing, you know, getting it. I mean, there's an incredible, incredibly big opioid, uh, um, you know. Epidemic. Uh, epidemic, thank you. Yeah, no, the, absolutely, you know, yeah. there is, and that's and, why. You know, the pharmaceutical companies know exactly what the fuck they're doing, so, um, you know. Uh, it's interesting, because, you know, I... What I was telling you before, like all the different things we talk about in this podcast, one of them is mental health and, and sobriety and, and depression. I'm open about, you know, my my battles with it. You know, I've talked about I lost my uh, my dad to depression. He had his demons. So this is where we all connect. So I'm wondering, like, you know, whether it's with the doors and you see these guys who, you know, worked with uh, Jim Morrison and that's kind of how you saw your dad or if you had this chance with uh, – with Velvet Revolver and, of course, Slash had his demons duffed. I mean, they all had their their demons. So it's just interesting how perhaps, like, maybe you could have connected on that level. So do you, like, do you remember, like, if you can't share the, the song in the future to what you did record with Velvet, did you have a certain lyrical uh, direction saying, okay, these are the guys I'm, I'm going to write for? You know, this is what I want to have. Was it anything different than you would write for your solo stuff and, or with Life of Agony? Like, what kind of material did you write Actually, I wrote. I I don't remember the the name of one other song, um, but one of the songs was called Farce, um, F A R C E. Okay. And um, it actually one of the reasons why I don't think I did get any further because it was actually about killing myself. Mm. But um, the way I wrote the song melodically and lyrically, it was just I thought it was kind of brilliant, but. I guess maybe that lyrical content might have been too too heavy or too controversial, like because the chorus or the pre-chorus, how, however you want to core it, was I wanted to kill, wanted to kill, I wanted to kill, wanted to kill, you know, um, and you know it just ended. I wanted to kill myself, and then you know, boom, going into Slash's solo, and it was very. Um, I went in a very tiny music um, direction, like the way Scott sounded on songs from the Vatican gift shop slash tiny music. Mm -hmm. I went in that kind of, you know, like that Harry Nilsson, John Lennon, rip the vocal fucking cord up, get in there and fucking bleed on the mic kind of shit, you know? Mm. Um, So I wrote in that kind of style. My solo material is more, um, I think, based on the the romance of prelude, you know, life's prelude in a sense. So my solo work is, um, I guess, a bit more, I don't want to say optimistic, but... So no not, matter as, not as heavy? Well, what I'm, I'm writing for, there's always light at the end of the tunnel because... I believe you can, no matter what you're going through, you can get through it. And um, I don't think suicide is the answer anymore. I always thought it was growing up in my 20s and half my 30s. But yeah, that was because I was living a lie and um, I was living for the public, for family, 
I was living for friends. I wasn't living for myself ever. And then, you know, to be a public figure even made it even more worse. And I, you know, and then (laughs) all the drug intake and all the, that didn't help um, the purity of, of, of anything. My mind, my soul, that just basically, that just, that just molded me, you know, I mean, mold like a fungi mold, Hmm. you know, more than, um, you know, there was no clarity because I, I I was miserable. I didn't want to live. I couldn't live as this fake role, you know, this fake, um, you know, couldn't live for society's idea of how the human being and the human condition needs to live, you know, because to me, you know, neurologically, I don't give a fuck who you are, what kind of doctor you are, what kind of medical awards you've won, who you think you are, who you think you've, who you think you, what you think you know, no one knows shit from Shinola. Hmm. Nobody, nobody, nobody has disclosed the origin of life. Nobody has disclosed the origin of the mystery of the neurological system, you know, or the heart's mind or the heart's heart or the heart's soul. Nobody. It's one big fucking mystery. And it always will be unless, you know, um, unless they do have the secrets of life and 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 that's why I've always also too have been on this this warp path of self discovery, you know, because I'm still changing. I don't know what I am. I'm both. I'm neither. Like the anatomy that I've been given doesn't dictate what kind of human being and what kind of soul my energy and what kind of frequency and vibration my energy has. See, people have a reduced sense of, they have this, it's like science is bought and sold too. Science has done great things, but science also manipulates people into this reductionist state of mind where they need to reduce everything to matter. They need to touch it and see it and feel it. But life is beyond the five, six senses. Mm. There's so many dimensions going on at the same time. We're living, I don't know if we're living in a simulated hologram. I don't know what's really going on. I don't really know the answers. We're in the matrix, maybe. We're in some, something big, something so big is going on that the human mind, the human condition can't even experience it or, or, or understand what's going on. But like when you when you're talking to someone like me or my kind of folk or my tribe, they call us transsexuals or transgender people, whatever you want to call us. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about titles. I'm just a human being that's constantly expanding. I'm all about consciousness and consciousness is a mystery. And science, I don't know if science is caught up, but science still tries to devalue the idea of what they can't prove like consciousness. You know, they've been trying to debunk that that the mystery of consciousness and and the fact that like we we can actually really you know look at ourselves and and this is some deep living. When most people hear the way I talk or talk 
in this kind of fashion, you know, a lot of people just don't understand. They don't want to understand. They have an inkling, but you know, most people are afraid of their own shadow. They won't even look in, at. They won't even look deeply into their own eyes in the mirror and reveal the great mystery of all the lives and all the souls. And because we're all one. We're all one energy. It's all one vibration. It's all one frequency. It's all one energy. And this energy, call it God, call it the universe, call it the law of of desiring, call it whatever the fuck you will, we'll call it God or the universe. This God thing is in all of us expressing itself in so many different forms and so many different um, bodies and skin tones and 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 leaves and insects and and we're all it's all one energy that's expressing itself in all these different kinds of mediums and in a nutshell to like, I know we don't really have 10 hours to talk and stuff. <laughs> and, and for me to like throw down like a computer lecture of like the mystery of soul and the mystery of the heart and the mystery of beingness. No, I like it. No, keep going. I want to hear this. I charge $10,000 a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I identify with a lot of what you're saying, you know, cause I didn't understand why I felt depressed for the majority of my adolescence um you know even before my disability really presented itself or i really understood what it was why am i sad all the time why do i not want to be here you know the, the suicide aspect absolutely you know i never um I want to say I never made an official attempt, but the, the want and the need and the planning were absolutely there. Uh, but I knew I needed to, to fight for it. And, you know, I defined that, that purpose, you know, ironically at the time, uh, the purpose was my dad or even now with my younger brothers that, that helped me, uh, or at least the purpose that they give me to. But a lot of it has cleared up over the years as I educate myself, as I get older and that's when I reflect now and how it ties into this podcast. It's like, why did I, why did I love Guns N' Roses so much? But there was a, you know, the, the anger of Axel, you know, the, the, what could be a silliness of a, of a certain song, like, you know, I don't know if you know it, but I know Remco does a corn shucker, but then you'll have uh, the hardcore depressing, you know, content of a, of an estranged, of a, of a November rain, that I'm like, why do I really identify with this more than other types of music? And it, and it helped me. And what I appreciate uh, from you, and I'm curious where you, you find it within yourself, what I still struggle with is, I guess, the, the, the tangible, what you were saying before. It's not just what you can see and touch. You know, I, I don't have the arrogance to say that I don't believe in a god or a flying spaghetti monster or whatever, uh, you know, a higher power. I, I always just go, I don't know. I was raised Jewish. I mean, I went, it was bar mitzvah and all that crap, but it was more of just like the tra tradition of it. Um, what I'm talking about is soul talk. Right. So I'm trying to find, as you said, you're still 
trying to find out who you are and you're in a good place now. You've been finding about who you are, but you still have growth to do. I identify with that because I still have growth to do. And before- I, am, I'm, I'm, I don't want to mislead you, and I am so not perfect and perfectly always in this, you know, happy, buoyant state. Of course, I, I I hit rock bottom a lot. I I'm up and down. I, I'm not one of these people that plug in and I'm the same person, the same robot every day. There are days where I feel like I'm on top of the world and I can fucking drink the entire ocean. And then there's days where I feel like I literally want to put a bullet in my fucking head. And I don't know. I, I stopped asking why. There, why I, and I started asking why not. And this is just the nature of humanity. We're connected to everything. No, and I, institutionalized right. religions will never give you what you're looking for. That's why these people are a fucking mess. That's why the world is a fucking mess. Because you got the Pope telling you who to vote for, and you got the asshole presidents telling you how to pray. Okay, everything's fucking mixed up. And all these institutions set into place for humanity have derailed humanity from their own nature. Soon, children will be born with fucking phone hands. (laughs) That's where it's headed. The AI robots, they're already... Things are happening, man. Things are changing real fast. You ever see the movie WALL-E? The uh, the animated film Wally. Wally. Yeah, I love that. That movie made me cry so much. We are <laughs> going to become the humans in that, where you're just this fat gelat- gelatinous person in a floating chair with screens in front of you, and if you fall over out of the chair, you need other robots to put you back into the chair. So that's that's the scary part. So yeah, no, I and I, I agree with you, and just like with yeah, you, I mean, no, I the institutionalized have... religions teach you to obey something other than outside from yourself. All the philosophies, all the, all the people, all the great people that I've been listening to my whole life, like Alan Watts or Neville Goddard or um, so many Abraham Hicks, uh, you know, even, even people in the Western world like Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, there's so many, you know, young um, uh, uh, Schopenhauer, like all these great Thoreau. Um, sorry, I can't remember all the people that you know, but like people like Alan Krishna Murthy, all these people don't teach institutionalized. Institutionalized religion is just, is just like you know going down to the candy store and picking out your god. That's why all these people are a fucking mess. From the Muslims to the Catholics to the the Jewish tradition, all, all, if, if Christ, that Christ-like higher being is within us all. That's that energy I'm talking about. That's that vibration. That's that frequency I'm always talking about. We can create that. We can control that. And it takes practice. It takes years and years and years. If you really want it, if you really believe it, you know? So, so how do you think you, you do find it? Because... You know, you like you said, you would be lying well, gotta, if, if you, you were. You gotta get. You gotta care about how you're feeling. Okay. Care about feeling good. It's that simple. And you gotta do your research. Don't listen to me. This is just my life. 
This is what I've built for myself. This is how I manage, you know, listening to the Blavatsky's and the Manly P. Halls and, and all the theosophy and philosophies and Graham Hancock and all these, all these, and you know, Joseph Campbell, all these beautiful, unbelievable minds, you know, the, 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 the works of Lao Tzu or, or the Tao, however it's pronounced, or, you know, just, there's so much beauty out there. There's so much beauty about the universe, about what we are, what we aren't. And it's all about doing your own research. It's all about, you know, if you're really interested, I can turn you on to a few different philosophers. From there, you're going to learn who these people were inspired by. Or, you know, um, and that's how it happens. This chain reaction, you keep finding more and more and more out. Like, you know, like, well, when, before you came on, uh, Remco and I were talking about, it, and of course, how it relates to the GNR, where look where Duff came from and, and the practices both, you know, mentally and physically that he's been able to be so successful and happy now. And look at Slash. I mean, he was also suicidal at a, at a point in his life. And look where he is now. And Axel, who, you know, built this in, in society the way other people viewed him as this angry, you know, uh, loose cannon, but... You know, Remco and I were just talking about he's smiling in every single show. So people do look to them as they also look to you. You know, you are humble and it's great. You're not out there preaching like you're Tony Robbins or something. But people do look up to you because of where you were. And it's also where I was. You just have a bigger platform than I do. So you, more people are going to hear your voice than mine. Uh, so that's why it people care. You know, people care, and it all ties in together. You know, uh, we touched on it briefly before. Uh, what was the word that we used to use to describe uh, Scott Weiland? It was the, not the unpredictable un- unpredictability of it. But then, with the unpredictability of it, it's like, okay, what if he just got that that help, and he, and he found that that happiness, and he got through that struggle, and that's that's hard. You know, some people, some people don't want the help. Yeah, yeah. Some people think that you know. Dying is easier, and it probably is. You know, don't want to sound like in that, but listen, yeah. this, is another, this is another cultural, um, this is another, another misleading fact about culture and about society and what the institutions teach. They're teaching to fear death, to be afraid. You know what? In my heart of hearts, I know death is going to be the most euphoric, most beautiful experience a part of the uh, a part of this life. Like this life is beautiful it, even in its ups and downs, its horrors, it's it's everyone thinks there's chaos going on, but the world is in is the world of the you know the, things are perfect. Things are very beautiful. If you're looking at the world like the world's fucked up and this and that and ba ba ba, it's like you better fucking check yourself because it's not. There's so many beautiful aspects of this planet that no one's even paying attention to. Everyone's so politically wrapped up each other's ass. Everyone's arguing about a political paradigm that in over a hundred years has never served humanity and never will, never will. This hasn't begun and ended with Trump. <laughs> yeah. it I know. Every president, 
you know, Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize, but hmm, funny, he dropped more bombs in fucking Syria than any other president. You know, it's a big fucking game. And guess what? We're not invited. You know, we're not. Um, it's a big fucking hoax, man. It's all bullshit. It's not there to serve us. It's not there for our rights. It's, they're not making the planet that with all of the money and all the riches in the world and all the paper money that's still being made and all the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and all the gold that's out there. They all the, the, the so-called leaders can fix this planet or flat earth or whatever your theory may be can fix this world in a fucking nanosecond. The food, but look, look what's going on. The drug, com- the drug companies spend billions and billions of dollars to keep people sick. The food companies spend billions and billions to put processed food um, that literally has cancer in the food. Even the wrappings of all the food, your cereal boxes, your fucking cans, everything is inundated with cancer-causing fucking things, with the fluoride in the water. Hey, that causes cancer. All the leads, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the minerals, all the, all the toxic metals and ions that shouldn't be in the water are in the water. You know, it's a whole, it's a, it's a, and yeah, people that haven't done their research may call me a conspiracy theorist and all this crazy other bullshit, but they're just afraid to look deeper into what's really going on. All the politics that everyone's arguing about, that's not even the real politics. No, that's just, no. that's just part of the game to keep everyone distracted. Now look, everyone's in their phone. No one's even looking in the fucking sky. Okay. All these weathers, this ring of fire that's going on and with all the volcanoes, notice how they don't even talk about the volcano really that has erupted in many different parts of the world, most importantly in Hawaii and what's going on. There's a ring of fire. You know, there's that company Harp that the government admitted that they're literally changing all the weather patterns in the world. Why? Why are they chemtrailing and chemtrailing all over the world? I'm all over the world. I was just in Arizona, just in L.A., just in fucking Germany, just here, just in Norway. And there's chemtrailing going on fucking everywhere. Scary. And they're manipulating the weather. And Hollywood plays a role, too, because like when they release movies like Geostorm and this and that, there's all these little inclinations of what's really, really going on. I don't know. I know I'm not saying everyone is bad in religion and, and bad in government because I know there's good people that really want to do good by the people, but there's not a lot of them. And, you know, look, man, they're keeping our kids sick. There's a cure for cancer. There's a cure for STDs. There's a cure for AIDS. There's a cure for fucking everything. But wait, let's destroy all the rainforests and keep destroying, you know, all this plant. You know, they're, 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 they're making, you, you can only harvest once on rainforest floor, okay? So they're basically slashing and burning and they're destroying this prehistoric fucking planet, this planet that's been going on billions and billions of years. They're, con- they're destroying this land for what? 
to make more burgers for fucking, you know, people that don't really need to put another burger in their mouth. Mm. I think that Stephen Hawking said before uh, he he passed away that we're going to have to find another planet. We're killing this one. We're going to have to. So that's what I I often uh, say, and that's why I, I love that we all, you know, people from all walks of life connect right here is that I feel like everyone's just wasting their time if we're not all focused as a, as a race on the good science on how to better our species as homo sapiens on how on how to you know figure out like you said figure out the energies figure out life figure out but everything else is just are just distractions like you said so we have we have the world at our fingertips and it takes a real deal motherfucking individual to use that knowledge at his or her fingertips accordingly. But most people are fucking distracted on Facebook, you know, posting things about their life that they that they shouldn't be or airing out their dirty laundry or who's you know, people are distracted with, 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 with the wrong with the wrong things. And look man, this is life. That's the duality of life. It's all about yin and yang. So when did it it, it click for you? Because again that's something else that I do like about G and R that some people don't like about bands in general is when they do get political and when they do have a social conscience and they can say shut up and sing and well and- i'm not really a, i'm not really like like a political kind of person i'm more of a humanitarian and i love i love the mystery of our species i love the mystery of our cosmos like i'm more of a galactic citizen than anything were you always like this though or was there a certain point where it clicked yeah no i i think i've always i've always the reason why i've been the way i've always been like like this way except just my ideas and my ideals and my values are being sharpened in the tool shed as i grow older but like i was always like this as a kid i think because death has always been present to me I never knew my mom. I always felt like my, my mom died when she was 20. I was one years old. Mm-hmm. I grew up without my mother. I, my grandparents brought me up. You know, my dad was a junkie. Um, he was never around. So I grew up with them in their home. And um, death was always, death was literally always in my face. Because I always thought about my mom. I always wondered where she went to. And that opened up my imagination. And that's the key word. It's imagination. You can do more with your imagination. That's, look at that, trying to destroy, you know, as every generation goes on, the imagination is becoming more and more destroyed. Look at what the music industry is feeding the kids, the entertainment industry. Like, you know... I don't know. You could go on and on and on about it. I don't want to sound pessimistic because I do believe in humanity. And I do believe that um, the angelic race, people like me, um, I think there's more of us than, than the people that are corroding the planet with their with their false um, their false ideas and their false religions and their false politics and you know um, 
No, I ain't a Republican. I, I, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a conservative. I'm not left. I'm not right. I'm not in the middle. I'm not up. I'm not fucking down. I'm not in that one's ass. I'm not in that one's <laughs> ass either. I'm just a fucking human being that just <laughs> is so into creating. That's my art. That's my guard. You know, it's 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 all it's it's not even about the creation or what happens to the. It's about creating. And that's what life's all about. And you can create, you know, you can create your mood. Your mood dictates what comes into your life. Picture life. Picture your life. You're like a TV set or a radio. It's a very simple way to, or a computer. And if you put, if you change the channel to a negative channel, and if you like, if you're negative and you're feeling down and this and that, and the world sucks and ba ba ba, and men suck and girls suck, and I'll never be in a cool relationship, and I'll never be in a big band, and I'll never be able to sing, and I'll I can I can I can I can I can. Well, guess what? The universe hears doesn't hear your words, but the universe is feeling your feelings. You know what? Whatever yeah. Feel, and whatever feeling you're putting out there. That's what's going to fucking echo right back into your face and into your world. My therapist has, has been telling me a similar thing. You know, that's like I said, I, that's when I finally decided, I don't know, I've been seeing her six, seven years, something like that. Uh, is this th- what, I'm, what you're putting out there? I just kept feeling that the world is giving me this and there's no use in fighting it. And that's why at the time, you know, I felt like Axel, the world is out to get me. You know, there's nothing I could do. But it, it's different. You have to really open your eyes uh, to it and, and allow it to. The world is our yeah. fucking garden, man, to grow any kind of flower we want. You know, the world is our paradise. This is heaven. It's another bullshit false premise of institutionalized religions. They're always pointing up at the fucking sky. Heaven's in this. Heaven is within. We're already in fucking heaven. Mm. This is why, like, institutionalized religion and all these fucking popesters and jokesters and all the Vatican, you know, the Vatican is holding about 60 miles worth of ancient unknown information that's never been publicized. And it's probably all about who and what the real Christ was, how we can become more enlightened human beings here on this planet in our physical bodies, where the origin of life is. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'd like to imagine that, you know, yeah, even the Vatican, our, our friendly, you know, to all the Catholics, your friendly cat, you know, uh, uh, Vatican, you know, is hiding information from you, but don't believe me, do your own research. You know, you got to do your own research, but it is true. They, you know, I'm just <laughs> taking a piss about that but like no i i, I hear you and i, I do understand this a lot of stuff. Yourself because mm-hmm. the world is the world is uh, disinforming you you know what i mean like all these shootings school shootings and all this bullshit i don't believe most of them are even real i think they're orchestrated mm. they're orchestrated by all the wrong people and this is all about the fear tactics. This is how they keep going. This is how they keep fear in your rearview mirror or your front view mirror. 
they want people afraid. They want people sick. They don't want people healthy. They don't want people healthy psychologically, emotionally. Uh, you know, they want, they, they're creating more and more division. Or Everyone's falling for it, too. You know, all they're doing is separate. And, and social media is now, because everyone is so connected to social media, um, that's how they're basically, you know, all the all the, the fear mongrels and they're, they're, they're doing their thing, man, you know. And look at look at the way people are on, on social media. No one can even have a kind debate. Big deal. You like Trump? Okay. No big deal. Whatever. Why do you like him? You know, like, why do you hate him? Talk about it. Be kind. It's not going to change anything, whether you like him, hate him, or whatever. You, you don't... And the vote is fake, too. Look at every fucking election. Every fucking voting thing has been fucking rigged and fucked with. They just drive them. They just... That's why I'm so disconnected. That's why I won't really... I'm, I'm becoming more and more unplugged. And the more unplugged, if you go to, like, my Twitter page, I'm so kind of, like, irrelevant of the times. I'm just trying to kind of, like, help people out with with good-feeling thoughts because a lot of people write to me telling me to keep doing that. So that's what I'm doing. And, you know, I also have the people that lack empathy and, and, the, and compassion and all these other idiots that think my happiness is hocus-pocus. They'd rather see me miserable and not doing well than feeling good and putting that out there in the world. Oh, absolutely. And again, just to compare it for our, uh, our purposes here, you know, I can't imagine what you've, been, uh, you've received you know, online where people can hide. And it's the same thing to, I guess, a lesser extent because it's not uh, what Axel has, has gone through where he seems to be happy, but people are so focused on what he looks like. And saying mean and nasty things, even though he seems to be in a good place and happy place now. And you seem yeah. to be, you know, yes, all these <laughs> these things that are going on in the world that are, you know, you mentioned a lot of negative stuff. But, of course, we discuss the positive things. Uh, but all, sometimes all it takes is that one negative, nasty comment to really trigger something. And when you're talking to somebody who has battled depression, it's just it's such a fucked up thing to do. To somebody if else. You know what? And I can't help but think, but before you continue, I still can't help but think what happened with uh, Chester Bennington that, you know, maybe it was like a month before he he passed that, because uh, Linkin Park's, uh, their last album wasn't as well received, and there was a fan that threw like a water bottle at him on stage. I mean, yes, that's more face-to-face than uh, online, but then you're, you're hitting it in the crowd. It's just like, it's all gross it's just all gross so to kind of tie everything what you were saying you got to find the beauty in it and and since we all have our own version of, of reality in the seven billion billions of people on the planet i guess people's realities are not always you know they don't care about other people's realities so as long as their reality is what they want it to be negative positive whatever they don't care about yours because and you it know what it doesn't affect I don't, them. you know i don't really pay attention to what people think that's none of my business. That's part of the problem. People are in everyone else's business. I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on my health, my music, my career, my dog, and, and, and my own happiness and my own evolution. Um, I'm not really, you know, interested in 
what this person thinks about uh, this religion or this you know politician or I don't care I got my own views you know I don't I don't I'm really not interested you know I don't really care and I don't really care what people think about me what they you know what they think about my music you know I've I've been, you know, getting naysayers my entire career, you know, mm. you know. Yeah, no, nah, uh, but you, you're, you're still here and, and you're doing better than ever, really. You know, I, I was just reading a quote where uh, your your former drummer said that Left Vagony would never, ever, you know, come back in any sort of form. And of course, you guys reunited uh, just a few years ago, released a new album uh, last year. So I can't imagine, or I'm sure you can't imagine that you would be where you are now. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just, well, I can because yeah. the more you, the more clarity you have about the decisions that how you want to feel really, um, really dictates everything. You know, I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be hating on myself. Like, you know, um, so like, uh, same here. That's why I made the, the decision that, you know, there was one time and I'll just be completely open with, I mean, this is a, you know, a few years ago at the time. I'm like, I, I can't keep crying myself to sleep. I have to do something. And at the time I didn't believe in therapy. You know, I didn't believe in medication. Uh, yes, you are right that there are the pharmaceutical companies that overprescribe. But, you know, just like how you you mentioned, like with your dad, uh, heroin is a disease. So is uh, are some, um, you know, uh, mental health, you know, where depression is a disease, where you have, Absolutely. you're not getting the right serotonin. And I, and I feel it now that, you know, that I've tried getting off medication. I'm like, why am I? So why am I so angry all the time now? Like, I, and I'll be and I'll yeah. be honest with you, it's uh, you know, culture, this this society, this culture, this 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 way, you know, we've created this. This is what we've created. This is what we've come to. I know, and, and it's, it's, it's not everybody, it's which is what's weird, because there are some really amazing people doing amazing things every, out there. Not everybody, right? But the herd. The herd. The herd, sure. Media, you know, the herd, the sheeple. You know, it's make a choice. You're either a shepherd in your life or you're a fucking sheep. Pick which one you want to be. And most people want the easy way out to be the sheep because then they can they can be at that job that makes them miserable and put the paychecks there. But in, instead of really following your dreams and following your happiness, which is a very hard road. Um, they take the easy way out and become, you know, this miserable sheep that is just like everyone else, no mind of their own, you know, living like everyone else lives. That's, you know, and those are the people that are full of hate, full of controversy, full of judgment, always, you know, complaining, full of pessimism. You know, those people that, you know, the glass is always half empty kind of people and there's a lot of those people but i was i still fight it to this day but i don't want to be that 
You know, like you made a decision and I made a decision and it's like a silly thing. Al, even just like this little, little this little podcast well, look, has brought me some happiness. It's really yeah, weird. The about it is, though, with you is that you acknowledge it. Yes. You know when you're unhappy so you can make that change. Smile. Even if you're feeling like shit. I've been told that, yeah. And, and yep. reach and reach for the things that make you happy. If it's going to be that pistachio ice cream cone, go get that. Go get that book you've been wanting that you didn't spend the money on because you're being a cheap fuck on yourself. <laughs> go buy that book. Go buy that, that, that lipstick for the girl you're talking to that she was – go make her feel good. That's going to bring you – there's so much to bring you into the state or mood of feeling good. And it's just a choice. You can stay miserable, and yeah. I think, you know, I think everyone's now... Everyone's got a heavy, heavy life. Everyone's got their own story to tell. Everyone's got their own. But you know, man, like, I've seen more... I've, I just met a, a, a paraplegic in, uh, in L.A., um, and he's got his own organization and stuff like that. He got shot. I think he got shot in the neck or in the chest. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker... <laughs> is more happy, more positive, more willing to be. Let me just say he's willing. That's a key word. It's called willingness. Not a lot of people have that willingness to make themselves happy or make this other one happy. Because it's like, you know, uh, I don't know. But I, this paraplegic that I met and the band met and we were staying at, uh, we were staying at Paulie Perrette's house. And we, we met him there. And um, this kid is so strong, so happy to be alive, so unbelievably mind-blowing. Just and, and it's just like he makes you look at yourself like, oh, you were complaining because 500 kids showed up and not... 800 and you didn't sell out the club and you are a little bit this way. And it's just like people like that put what's real into perspective. People, you know, well, a few episodes ago, we interviewed uh, a man named uh, Tommy Hollenstein and he's been quadriplegic for decades. Now he was a BMX biker, but He's transformed his life into he, – he makes these incredible paintings using his wheelchair tires, and it's been purchased by Elton John. Ringo Starr has gone to his shows, and it tied into us because he's uh, – Slash has not only bought his paintings, but he's friends with Slash. He's friends with Steven Adler. So the question to him, and I guess I can also ask you, is that you know he seems to be a happy man, and he found his – for him, he uses his faith to get through. And I'm like, all right, so you, you speak to Steven Adler all the time, and he's gone through so much, but he still seems like, I, I want to be back in Guns N' Roses full time. What kind of conversation do you have with him? Like, you should be happy with what you have now, and what's, you know, what the world, and all the love the fans that give you. And Because look at me, I can't even move anything really below my, my neck. But then there's Steven Adler, who's still famous he has a lot of money he's you know touring with a new band with good people he has a lot to be happy for so like what do you tell that person you know so it's like you tell him you weren't fucking guns and roses but you're fucked up and it's t- 
time to, you, you know, you, you, first of all, you can't live your life looking behind you. There is no past. The past doesn't exist. Okay. It's just imagination. It's not alive anymore. It's not, it's right here and now is the only time that really, truly, truly exists. The past exists only in our memories, but what are our memories? You know, like, right. Uh, so like in a sense, he's wasting his time. Um, thinking about something that doesn't exist anymore. And he should focus more on his current state of mood and attitude in the here and now, rather than, you know, going around with the head down. Oh man, you know, maybe it's his own guilt and his own shame. And he hasn't worked. He hasn't worked through that guilt and that shame for really fucking that shit up for himself. Listen, you know, the energy that comes into our body comes into it for a reason. Reasons that are way bigger than our rational or logistical mind could ever figure out. The brain is really actually stupid. It's the heart that the heart is developed even before the brain. The brain is just like this rational, you know, thing to help you figure out, you know, mathematical equations and stuff like that. Otherwise, there's really no other use for it. It's all our heart. It's all our intuition. And that gets into the whole, the art of, 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 of heart math and the life of the heart. But, you know, that's a whole other thing well, because the heart has its own soul as well. And yeah, man, it's like maybe he just there's things that he really needs to work through. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, maybe there's just a little bit you're being ungrateful, dude. You mm -hmm. had you you had you know, things happen for reasons. Maybe he should look at it in a way, you know what, maybe if I was stayed in the guns and roses and However it went down, honestly, I'm not sure if he was thrown out or whatever happened. Maybe that literally saved his fucking life. Maybe that gave, that bought him more time on this planet to figure out what Stephen needs to figure out for Stephen, hmm. not the Stephen and Guns N' Roses. And, you know, That's hey, and look, when, when you, when you, when you're ungrateful for shit, and when you're not in a deep state of appreciation and satisfaction for what's going on in your life, sometimes life takes that right away from you because hmm. you're not in this state of, of gratitude. You're not being grateful. You're not in this deep state of appreciation. And um, that's it. That's that could also be it. So it was like literally taken away from him because he wasn't grateful. He wasn't grateful for the job that he had, for the people that were around him, for, for his, we're, we're very, um, we're simple, but we're very complicated creatures, you know, like, you know, if, if you were to look up right now, what's actually going on in our bloodstream, it's fucking chaos. <laughs> Talk about wars. 
talk about wars, talk about the good blood and the bad blood fighting in the cells constantly in our body, trying to keep us happy, trying to keep us healed and healthy. All the cells that are at work 24 hours a day, every day of your life, shit's going on in our body that no one's even fucking aware of. I wonder how many people wake up saying, oh, wow, thank you. Thank you for another. Thank you, heart. Thank you, kidneys. Thank you, skeletal system. Thank you, digestive system, for always working for me. Thank you, this. Thank you, eyes. Thank you, fingers and toes. Thank you, my my ears, my hearing. Hmm. You know, like, thank you, throat. Thank you, special vocal cords and muscles and, and, and energy inside my throat for for giving me the life that I, that, you know, I've worked on, but I've been given. Thank you, throat. Thank you, imagination. And and thank you for my beliefs and my creativity. That's helped so many people in the world. Thank you. I'm constantly like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even when I sell one CD now, I like run around my apartment. It's one fucking CD, but it's like, thank you for that person who actually, you know, kind of went against the grain and picked up a CD and appreciated my life and my time and all the energy and money I spend to put music out there. You know, a lot of people, as the ages are going on, it's, I know about my life and the people close to me and the people that I surround myself with are in kind of like my same, we're, we're, we're all vibrating in kind of like the same kind of God. And I don't really surround myself with people that I don't want to be around. I stopped playing that game a long time ago. You and me both, I my friend. And uh, I don't even yeah. really, I don't even really bother with 99% of my family just because tradition says so. I do not give a fuck. I really don't. I know people are just, certain people in my family are tolerating me or, you know, it's very different from when I was living the way I was living 15 years ago. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm out almost 10 years and, but I've always lived a double life. And, and now that I've, I've become one and allowed my soul to just dance here on this planet that that rubs people the wrong way because I'm happy or I'm I'm constantly reaching for happiness, constantly. It's beautiful, man. It's shallow it's beautiful. Yeah. and as shallow and as and as cliche as that sounds to most people because they don't understand the depth of soul and they don't understand the depth of the the nature of our life. Because this is something you need to open up to. You need to awaken yourself to. This doesn't come overnight. The awakening process is a constant, constant, constant practice, practice, practice. Mm. Trust me, if Slash put down his guitar for five years, Slash is not going to sound the same. He might sound better, actually. Let me take that statement back. (laughs) But no, but like, you know, like, you need to practice. 
If you don't keep your dog's brain active and constantly keeping her active and showing her new tricks, her, her brain activity is going gonna, is gonna to deaden. She's going to stop learning. She's going to stop becoming habitual. Like if I teach my dog to ring a bell today, if I teach her in a day or two, my dog's brain, I keep her very active. So like when I teach her a trick or or something to do or not to do, she picks up on it very easily and very quick, sometimes faster than I even like, holy shit, um, because her brain is constantly active. But if you're, you're, if you're a dog owner and you use your dog as an accessory and you're never with your dog and you never spend time with your dog and you never give your dog affection and love and all the things your dog needs, your dog's going to be a slump in the corner of the fucking room, you know, not learning, disobeying, pissing and shitting everywhere. Because guess what? It's not the dog's fault. It's the idiotic fucking owner. Mm. I see it all the time. I see dogs. I just saw a husky's tongue get bit out of a mouth. Why? Because this fucking idiot is on his phone while he's walking the dog in the dog park and he's not paying attention. So guess what? Your dog's fucking tongue just got bit out of her mouth because you're too busy with your fucking rubbernecking and being a phone zombie and not being alert and not spending the right amount of time or the, the, the right kind of time with your animal. You know, it's like people are just, you know, so everything takes practice. It's like, it's like, you know, if you want better teeth or you want a better body or it's not these quick fix diets, man. It's about portion control. It's about putting the right things into your body. You know, it's about being aware of, of, of what you're putting into your, caring about what you put into your body. And then you'll see your body change drastically. I can put on weight real fast and I can take it off real fast because mm. I know how my body works. And I have an incredible diet, but um, that's just what I'm into. I love, you know, I've been doing yoga for 20 years. I've, I've been meditating for 20 years. This is, has been a, this is a passion of mine, uh, sculpting my body for, for, for many, many, many years and sculpting my soul and, and keeping, keeping the house that I house my soul in as healthy as I possibly could. Because, yeah, I do want to live a long life. I, intuitively, I feel like I'm going to live to one, 120, 130 years old. I really, truly feel like I am. But, but the way I am and the way I'm going and how I treat myself and, you know, and... Um, well, I hope you do, and uh, I also hope because uh, you know. I guess I know you're you're not on Facebook. I mean, you have like a Facebook fan page. Sorry, I have my my music page on Facebook is run by a dear friend of mine, and and she helps me with social media stuff. But I I I deleted my personal page like two years ago. But my music page is still up there. But I don't I don't run it. No, I, right I, on. And and in the midst of you know my. Depression. I actually got off all social media for six months, but uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my career calls for it. But if you ever, you know, feel the need to to dive back in, because there are some good portions of social media, like 
dog videos, cat videos, <laughs> at the very <laughs> minimum. Minimum, but uh, whether you uh, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but if it, whether uh, anyone listening agrees or disagrees, I think you have a a really uh, important message, and you open up a lot of great conversations. So, whether it's through Facebook, whether you want to do like your own podcast in the future or YouTube channels, I think you have a lot to say and a lot to share, and still a lot to uh, you know in- inspire and instill uh, to, to to fans or not even just fans, life of agony people, uh, in, just in general. Because we're like you said, we're all humans. We're all of the same energy. You know, whether you like the the heavy metal energy or you. You listen to Katy Perry or whatever. We're all the same energy, so uh, you know I'm I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation, and I hope you, you do more. You know, this is not in a good way. This is not what I expected. You know, this was a very insightful, intelligent conversation, which I always try to have, uh, but sometimes it just goes off into the rock and roll conversation of drug, sex, and rock and roll. But I, I really appreciate uh, um, you know the time that I've been able to have with you today. So. You know, you're, well, we could talk. We could talk drugs, sex, rock and roll. I love those topics. Let's save that for <laughs> uh, for part two because uh, you know you're always welcome back. I mean, I mean, this maybe, was this was awesome. Yeah, maybe I, the next time I come, I'll, I'll come in person. I'm sorry, I'm I'm only in my apartment a week. I'm in the middle of boxes cleaning. Oh, moving you know, sucks. I, I get it. You know, I'll tell you what, because I actually asked um, our mutual friend who connected us, uh, uh, Catherine Turman. Uh, she's come down. Uh, a few yeah, times. So yeah. maybe next time you come down, you'll come down with Catherine and it will be a nice little, you know, in-studio conversation. Yeah, I would love that. I really appreciate you having me on, wanting me on. And um, thank you. I had a... Now I'm all fired up. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> either going to... You got to take out that energy, either go on a run with your dog. Oh, what's your dog's name? I got to give him a shout out or her a shout out rather. Uh, it's, it's, my name is Tony. <laughs> uh, okay, I like that. Okay, it's, it's Tony with an I. Ah, like uh, the band Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, well, my or Tony dad, Braxton. Yeah, like yeah, okay, but my my dad's name was Tony with a Y, obviously Anthony. Ah, uh, then um, my friend actually just suggested like, why don't you name her Tony? <gasps> and then it like, bling, the light bulb went off. Mm. You know, and then I was like, perfect. And it's just <laughs> T-O and I, Tony. And I made, and when I officially changed my name like five, six years ago, um, I made Tony m- my middle name with T-O and I as well. So okay, a little, a little meaner fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I like it. There's there's so much more to, to learn, not just about you, but... But from you, and you're like, oh, this is just going to be, uh, you know, there's not much to say about Velvet Revolver, but look where the conversation led. And that was the point. You know, look where it led. And I'll just, uh, you know, I'll ask these last two things. Um, if, and I like what the members of GNR are doing now. Like they have, of course, Guns N' Roses is reunited, or, you know, if you want to do semantics, the, the three. And they're all doing the side project, Slash with Miles Kennedy, at least Duff for one show, doing Loaded, Axel possibly, more Axel DC. If there were to be more Velvet Revolver, because they seemed like they wanted that to happen for a long time after they fired Scott, would you be open to it again? Absolutely. All right, that's that's cool. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I love... Actually, love. I want. I I always go through my crazy phases, and just recently, like just a couple of months ago, I was just watching um, some uh, 
live Velvet Revolver. And we had Life of Agony, actually. We've played with them um, in Europe at some huge German festival. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm I'm open and willing. I, I love all different kinds of music. I love working with people. I've done many duets in my life, too. Um you know, with with very known artists and like a band like Within Temptation or or um very unknown artists like um he was a great guitar player for a number of hardcore bands named Mark Thousands and he's doing a solo record and we just did a gorgeous so I just did a gorgeous song with him called The Love Talismanic and we just did a video, it'll be out soon but you know, I love working with different, um, you know, artists and, and songwriters. That's that's my thing. You know, I I love working with, and I love not being the wisest person in the room. You know, I love when I'm surrounded by people that <laughs> put a little fear into me because their creativity is just, you know you know, um, just scorching, you know, I love, I love learning. I'm not afraid to be the dumbest person in the room. In fact, I, I would deliberately, I would rather deliberately be the, put myself and, and, and be the dumbest one in the room so I can constantly learn than rather being the wisest one in the room and always kind of like dictating what needs to be done on, on, even though I'm not like a dictator and that kind of stuff, because anyway, I work with always great musicians that, um, that have wonderful speaking voices on their instruments. So I don't really, people already fucking know what to do when they get in a room with me. So it's not like I have to tell people what and how to play and blah, blah, blah. It's right on. So then what's, uh, then what's next for you? I mean, because, you know, Life of Agony put out uh, a new record for the first time in a long time last year. You know, you do solo stuff, you do duets, like you're saying. So can what? Well, what's, what's the next, next project? Can we, mm-hmm, go ahead. Well, I just did a record with my side project called The Neptune Darlings. It was, it's our second album. It was released January 18th. The link is on my Twitter and my Instagram. And it's very beautiful, very beautiful, kind of dark romantic rock and roll slash ambient. I don't even know what to call it. And we just finished the video in uh, England with the same guy, Lee, Lee Brooks, who did the most recent Life of Agony, the three videos. Um, Life of Agony, we're we're doing a a festival this week. We're doing doing the Incarceration Festival um, on, uh, when the hell is it? Um, July 13th, I believe. Okay. Um, and then Life of Agony's got uh, September and October all booked. We're doing dates. Um, in August, which is literally right around the corner. Yeah. Um, Life of Agony, we're stepping into the studio to map out some new material because we uh we have to deliver a record i think june 2019 so we'll be doing that um i actually i'm working i'm actually when i'm settled into my move again i'm gonna again continue i 
I have a new solo record that I'm doing um, that's almost pretty much finished called The Moans, short for hormones. Mm. Um, like, like almost like the bends, but the moans kind of like what the, you know. I like it. Yeah. yeah. They drive me crazy too. (laughs) Um, so I got that going on. Um, and just keeping healthy, you know, keeping creative and, um, Oh, we got some. We have uh, Life Varieties do two special nights in December with with a, with a band we've never played with before. We've never played New York band. I can't say who yet because it hasn't been announced yet. Okay, but you'll find out soon. It's going to take place, I think, in in Long Island. Um, oh, nice. That's where I I live. I mean, my family's yeah, from yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. like you, but I live on Long Island. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of gigging, a lot of recording. Um. Yeah, and a lot of feeling good and a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love to read. Reading is like literally my favorite thing. And um, yeah, I'm actually, I have an, a, another poetry book that I'm doing called Botched Poems. And I've been thinking about writing a self-help, self-care, self-love kind of illustrated book. I have this idea that I've been working on and, um, but again, my move kind of like threw everything on the side. So I'm like, I'm a little bit in limbo and a little bit like, fuck, you know, just well, a little you. drained and exhausted from like the constant, you know, I've been moving since June. So like, it's been a bit hectic for me at the same time. I'm, you know, doing little mini tours with Life of Agony. So it's, everything's all over the place, but I take a step back, I breathe, I focus on my breath, and I'm like, this is life. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I like, do. Alive, things are happening. This is fucking awesome. It's like, shit's happening. Even when things get crazy and hectic, it's like you just got to allow life to happen to you. Mm. And that's like, you know, part of my philosophy as well. I'm just... I'm learning more and more on just how to just allow it, allow it. Okay. You feel like shit today. You feel like sticking your head in the toilet bowl full of shit. Allow it. Just allow your emotions to, to bring you back to bed. You know, just uh, give up for the moment, you know, let it go. Cause there's really nothing you're holding on to except these false ideas on your feelings you know, it's like you just kind of like, you got to allow it to fucking happen, man. Just allow, I'm just allowing life to happen to me. Um, and and it feels feels amazing. I'm, um, I'm in a really, 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 really beautiful um, spot in the here and now, in this moment. You know, I'm happy we got to talk today because you got me in a really, really, I, I had a great day. I I love my new place. I just discovered this new cappuccino shop that I fucking love. <laughs> so every morning I've been just, you know, I'd walk my dog in the big, huge park. I got the ocean right across the street from me. Um, so I'm just like, uh, I'm in fucking heaven, man. I'm, I have such a blessed life. And yeah, look, don't get me wrong, dude. I got... I'm I'm still I still got a very challenging life. My day to day daily living is just it's dangerous. It's it's 
you know, I'm always looking, not always looking my shoulder, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a transsexual in this very heated time, you know what I mean? So it's like, not everyone's going to love me when they see me, you know, and these are things I, I deal with on a daily basis. Well, they're, I mean? they're missing out because, I mean, this, like I said, in a positive way, this conversation is one I did not expect. I was like, oh, this is just a band I've known about since uh, and listened to since I was uh, younger. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed watching your interviews over the years. You know, obviously a friend of Catherine I know is going to be awesome. But this turned into a lot more than I expected, again, in a positive way. And, you know, for all the shit that you've been through to be where you are now, I think, you know, you could be, uh, and you probably are, uh, I don't think it's a stretch, a role model for a lot of people out there who are struggling, whether they are trans, depressed, whether they're, you know, just a musician trying to make it, you know, a lot of different, you know, levels, uh, a lot of lift layers, you know, because that's yeah. what we all are. And so I think you, you affect a lot of people. And it's awesome. So, I mean, even though you're not huge on social media, I mean, you do have, still have quite a following. So you can follow Mina at Mina Caputo uh, on Twitter. Uh, also, Mina Caputo on, on Facebook. Uh, this was just such a pleasure, you know. Um, I, 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 you know, I can't wait to whether it's in studio or at a future show of yours. I, I look forward to a to meeting you and uh, you know and shaking your hand and you know this was uh, you're an absolute sweetheart and uh, this was just a great Thank conversation you. and you know I know uh, Remco is hanging out in the back you know I know uh, <laughs> he enjoyed it too. I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, and again, I got to thank uh, Remco because, you know, for bringing this, you know, without that knowledge that he was told, this conversation would not have right. have happened because you're not, you know, of all the people you've worked with throughout your career, you're not out there Instagramming and Snapchatting. Hey, look what I'm doing now. You're just being who you are. You know, what the, whatever the name, you know, was and is now, you're still have the same soul. And I'm glad uh, to hear that, you, you know, you sound a lot more free and i think that reflects um in the music i think that reflects in the fan base so just keep doing what you're doing you know i've accepted i work with my demons i'm not saying look you know again i'm i'm nobody i'm I'm not perfect nobody is you know but i i've figured out definitely or it's figured me out um i work with my demons you know, I, I still have demons, you know, I still have days where I look out my window. I want to throw myself right off the fucking ledge, but I work with my demons. I work it out. Mm-hmm. I care about feeling good and I, I care about doing good. I care about feeling good. And, um, we all have that responsibility to ourselves and to each other. And I'll be honest with you, my dog has taught me more about being human than any other human being, than any other institution, than any other educational system, than any other book. People could learn so much from the beasts of our world. And people don't realize how, I mean, certain people know how special dogs and cats and animals can be. But like, just the fact that I, I have to take care of her every day and like, you know, dogs, no matter how old they get, they're always like little four year olds, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a little diaper, you know, and you got to always, and just taking care. I'm so into taking care of her. I'm so into making her happy. And, 
you know, and I, I love life. I really do. I, I love the tragedies I've been through. You know, when my dad OD'd, I, I was his only sibling, so his only child. So I, I had to identify my dad's body, and hence on the Broken Valley record, the, the day he died. And um, I sat with his dead body in the, in the hotel floor. His body was laying there for like eight hours. He was in fucking, he was like solid ice. As soon as I sat in like my Padmasana pose and like appreciated the experience of death, like I didn't lose my shit. I didn't even cry in the moment. But what I did feel was universal. I felt this God feeling that has been talked about for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The God's the angels, my protectors, my guiders, whatever it was, touched upon me. And in that moment was the most miraculous moment I've experienced. And that that changed me forever. That was in 2002. And after that moment of meeting my dad's death and laying with his body on the floor, and as soon as I stayed, like a couple of minutes later, Brandon, I kid you not, all of his bodily fluids started coming out of him. Oh, and in that instant, then the fucking medic walked into the room to straighten out his body. They wanted to throw me out. I was like, uh-uh, motherfucker, this is my father. I'm right. staying here for this whole fucking process. And I experienced my father's... Like I said, death has been always with me. Death is nothing to fear. Death is going to be the ultimate life-transforming, transcendental motherfucking experience. We're going back home. There's nothing to be afraid of. We're going back home. Our soul, our frequency, our, our energy, our vibration, what we call soul, is going back home to the ultimate source of energy. That's where we're going. There's nothing to be afraid about. Mm. You know, yeah, we feel bad when fucking Bowie dies and when mom dies because their energy is not with us anymore. The body's irrelevant. The body's just there to host that energy. The body is just hosting our vibration. It's allowing us to speak. It's allowing us to have this fucking interview right now. But it's energy. If you have the the ability to think beyond the physical, then you understand what the fuck I'm talking about, especially for the people, not you in particular, but for the people like this fucking girl's baddie. What is she talking about? Like, it's because they, they they're again, they're scientifically their views are based on on uh, on a reductionist on 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 matter. If they can't if they can't see it or feel it, they don't believe it. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I live my life the complete opposite. First, I believe it, then I see it. And then boom, all my dreams come true. I've been wanting to live in this location, in this building for about four years now. And for the past four years, I dreamed myself this dream in this moment by going to bed at night in my old apartment, thinking that I was sleeping in the apartment that I wanted. I'm in a building with about five, six of my friends that I've known for 20 years. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like... and It's like a dorm. <laughs> if you believe in your dreams, is my whole point, 
You can manifest them in this physical reality. And trust me, there's millions, there's, there's tons of different realities. And we're just here on the physical. To put a, a bow on everything, it's, it's cool that every, you know, we have somebody from the Netherlands on the line. We have a transsexual on the line, you know, uh, just a, reg, uh, a Jew on the line. And we all three different people talking about, you know, we found some sort of commonality. We're having a very thought-provoking conversation. So, uh, again, this was just a, an absolute pleasure, and I hope next time we'll, it'll be uh, in studio. Absolutely, and I appreciate it, Remco. Thank you. You got a friend in me. Thank you, Brandon. Ditto, and uh, give uh, Tony a kiss for me. Oh, I will. <laughs> Even though I'm allergic to dogs, I'll take some Claritin, and then I'll, I'll give him a little kiss. Give her a little kiss, sorry. <laughs> All right. All right, you guys have a beautiful night. You too, Mina. You take care. Bye bye. Bye. So uh, that was that was something else, man. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Again, you know, I kept saying that to to Mina, but she, yeah. you know, had a lot to say. You know, I guess it, in in a a better way because I'm not a fan of Ted Nugent's politics, but you know how Ted can just go off on his own thing. That's kind yeah, of like the, what what she did, and I, I know I loved it, but that's just kind of like, and I guess let her go, you know. That's why, and you just let her. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm just teasing you by being in the background. I appreciate you, you know, you hanging on. Uh, but I kind of try to let her speak and just not interrupt, other than just trying to shift it. It sometimes because, you know, we could have that kind of conversation for hours and hours on end. But you know, I don't want to have you know, those podcasts that can last. You know, for fucking five hours. I'm surprised people listen to me for five minutes, let alone, you know, the two hours or so this episode has been. So uh, unless you have anything else to, to say, Remco, I don't think there's too much to, to add on to episode 72 of the AFD show. No, I'm um, I'm waiting for the reviews uh, on the next few uh, Guns N' Roses shows. That's what I'm uh, I'm doing a couple of, well, next weeks still because they have... Uh, Quite some uh, shows at the European uh, tour, so uh, let's keep uh, keep ourselves online other than uh, Mina does. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we are still uh, online. Thanks, Remco. You can follow him on Instagram, Remco GNR. You can follow the AFD Show on Twitter, at the AFD Show, or on Facebook, facebook.com. Slash the AFD show. And of course, the podcast itself is up on the iHeartRadio app. It's on Spreaker, that app, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We are still on iTunes. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, you know the entire story about us and iTunes, but we're still on there. And if there are any other formats you would like to hear the AFD show on, just let me know. Send me a message. You know, I'm pretty uh, accessible. So until next time, well, when is that going to be? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.